from realghoststoriesonline.com. Welcome to another episode of the show, self-titled Real Ghost Stories Online. Hmm? I bet you didn't think the show was going to be called that, now did you? Huh? It's uh, Tony Bruski along with Jenny Bruski, and uh, here we are with another episode of our little radio program. Uh, thank you in advance for sharing the show, letting a friend know about it. A little uh, love there on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. That's always appreciated. Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to share the show. That is uh, how we grow and how we get more ghost stories every single week. When more people know about us, you get a better show. And, of course, we invite you to share your real ghost stories with us. The phone number 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. You call it 24 hours a day, 7 days a week with your real ghost stories. Or you can always just write into us. Go to our website at realghoststoriesonline.com to do just that. Today, uh, lots of letters, lots of great real ghost stories that have been written in by you guys, and uh, some other interesting things I want to kind of talk about here, because we're uh, starting to get into uh, the beginst of Halloween season, Yay! and uh, we're starting to see that sort of stuff pop up, and we're seeing the, the horror movies of the season start to pop up, and I gotta say, God bless The Conjuring, because that movie... Um, I think inspired kind of a reboot in the horror genre. Everything was getting so paranormal activity esque, where it was all shot in reality style, and I just got so sick of that. You mean like the Blair Witch crap? Yeah, I mean okay. that, that's. I mean that really is kind of where it all started. Right there initially, gosh, and that was like 15, 20 years ago, and then so many of those movies after that, especially the last ten years. Like, I tried to rent Insidious the other day, and I couldn't even get into it, because it was, again, another movie that was shot very kind of, it wasn't supposed to be reality style, but the way they did shoot it kind of had that feel to it. Okay. And it it gets to the point where it's it's so overdone, it's the opposite of real. Sure. You know, it's like, this is not at all. I, the Conjuring went back to that kind of classic Omen, uh, you know, Amityville just that classic feel Mm -hmm. it's shot like a movie like you are kind of voyeurishly watching someone's life Mm -hmm. but not with a moving camera that's kind of shaky because the camera guy can't get it straight and he's kind of scared too you know it's just done well right um so that being said there is a string of new movies coming out uh this uh this year and i'm i'm excited about them i do want to see that one um that's out right now the uh, what is it? The but the New York police officer with the demonic tales. That... Is it Deliver Us? From yes, Evil? Deliver Us from Evil. That looks good. I have not seen it yet, but there's two coming out this October that uh, that do look pretty good. And these are not paid plugs or anything like that. These are just me going, "Ooh, these look interesting." And since you guys like ghost stuff too, I thought maybe I'd share and talk about them in case you haven't heard about them yet, because I just found about some of them uh, this week. Um, one of them, and I just saw this right before the show, called Ouija. And oh and uh, the the synopsis of it uh, that I'm reading here uh, from Business Insider, of all places, says, Remember when Battleship was turned into a movie in 2012? Uh, later this year, mystery game Ouija is getting the same treatment. Universal uh, put the uh, first trailer out for Ouija. It's an adaptation of the Hasbro uh, a spirit talking board game that'll be released in theaters in October. Uh, synopsis to the film in Ouija, a group of friends must confront their most terrifying fears when they awaken in dark, 
when they awaken the dark powers of an ancient spirit board. Uh, now, while you may be quick to write off another board game adaptation, uh, it says uh, Andrew Form, Brad Fuller, and Jason Blum, the minds behind some of the biggest recent horror series, including The Purge, Friday the 13th, Paranormal Activity, yeah, I don't like that part, and Insidious, oh, they are the ones behind the film. But from what I can tell, it looks film more Conjuring-esque style. So okay. i got to say, Insidious had a good premise. Mm-hmm. It was just I didn't like the way it was filmed. Okay. So maybe I'm getting too picky here. Uh, they, <laughs> it's kind of funny. The film feels like a horror version of 1995's Jumanji. <laughs> oh, right. So this can be good. Do you want to hear the trailer for it? Okay. Let's hear the trailer for it. I can do it. that. Okay, here we go. This is the trailer for the upcoming movie, Ouija. And this is not based on a real ghost story. So don't complain about, oh, it's not real. I know it's not real, but hey, we all enjoy a good horror story now and then, don't we? So here's the trailer for Ouija. This is a joke. Come on, you guys. Who's doing that? Sarah, cut it out. I'm not pushing it. Just spelled hi, friend. Hey, this is freaking me out. I'm done with this. I found something. I found something. I wanted to get this on camera. I found something in my house. Weird things started happening as soon as I found the board. Then we found the board in her house. She woke something up. Somebody there? This thing is haunting us. Hello? It's coming through all of us. So who's next? How do we stop this? You have to break the connection, or it will keep coming for you. We have to play the game again. One last time. As friends we've gathered, our hearts are true. Spirits near we call to you. Can you show us a sign? So there you go. That's the uh, the trailer for Ouija. And again, it's not a paid placement or anything like that. I just thought it would be kind of interesting to share with you guys. What do you think? It looks really scary. I have two comments. I yeah. love the girl from Bates Motel. Yeah, I, she's one of the... Uh, I think she's excellent. Yeah. Um, but the part where the girl was flossing her teeth and then her mouth, mouth got sewn, yeah. Uh, yeah. shut, that reminds me a lot of the scene in Poltergeist where the girl with the retainer or the braces, the wire goes all around her head like crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've never forgotten that. That's one of those things I can't forget. 
Yeah, I I uh, I think it looks interesting. I think it could be a, a good movie. Uh, the the other one we'll talk about here in a few minutes. We'll go into a, a ghost story, but there's another one that's coming out that looks fairly interesting. And I'm still trying to figure out uh, exactly how based on the real version of it this one is going to be. From what I've gathered, not all that much, but um, nonetheless, it looks pretty good. We'll talk about that one in just a few minutes. What is your favorite ghost movie? Uh, and you can't say Ghostbusters. No, yeah, because Ghostbusters, I mean, I don't even consider Ghostbusters a ghost movie just because it's a comedy, you know. Right. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, but I, it's a tough one. I got to say, I really enjoy the classic uh, Night of the Living Dead, um, you know, from way, way back. Um, but... I I honestly I, I'd like to say Amityville Horror, but the original one was just not. I didn't think it was that scary when after compared to the book. Um, I will say that the remake of it, although not at all really based on reality of what happened, um, or even just the storyline of what happened, um, was pretty good. I I got really freaked out by the remake of the, in the remake I'm talking the one that came out in like 2005 the or Ryan so. Reynolds Yes, one. that one. I thought okay. that was done really well. But again, it was so not uh, you know, The Conjuring recently was one of my favorites. I thought that was done really well and very much in line with what the storyline was for okay. that story. So, you don't see that a whole lot. In fact, after having Andrea Parent on the show and talking to her about her experiences, that was one of those where the the movie didn't do the real thing justice. Really, we, the the reality sounded much worse than what that movie was, which was interesting because I was thinking it was going to be opposite mm-hmm. until I talked to Andrea. Then it's like, oh god, you wow. guys really did not have a good time in that little house, now did you? Wow. So you? Well, I don't care for the super scary ones, and I know that makes me really lame. Um, but I don't, I don't like the, the Amityvilles or the Conjuring or anything. My, my I've seen them. Well, and I don't see them because I know I won't enjoy it. I will get freaked out and I won't sleep for weeks. That's the point. It should scar you for life. That's a good horror movie. And so I like the ones that are, are more psychological. Like I really enjoyed Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm. Um, of course you can only watch it once and then it's like, okay, it's spoiled. How about Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby? No. Did you, do you remember the one (laughs) that was set? It was set in the forties and I think Nicole Kidman was the mom. Oh, uh, what lies beneath? No, 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 that no. was a different one. That no. was a good one too. Um, but the it was set in the forties in England, and and a, it was like everybody had died, but they didn't know that they were dead, and they were still living their lives. It wasn't scary or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of psychological. But my all-time favorite one you just saw the other day is always, and it's hard to classify that as a ghost movie. <laughs> it's like a it is a it's a feel good. It's a great movie. Ghost movie, yeah, yeah, and that was a good one, yeah. I, but it's again, a chick hard, flick ghost movie. But again, hard to classify as a ghost movie. I know. You know? But yeah, it was it was a good one. And I, I, I did not realize that was a uh, Steven Spielberg's film. Uh, anyhow, let's go to a real ghost story because I know I'm going to get uh, probably 10 letters going, ghost story. Yeah. Sorry. It's a show. We talk about things here. So should we read a ghost story? Do it, yes. Let's read a ghost story. This comes to us from Amanda. Amanda says, I was around six years old and around this time my mom found her biological sister. For a bit of information about my mom, she was adopted and hadn't found anything about her biological family until I was five. 
It was just me and my little brother. On top of that, my mom was pregnant with my second brother. At this time, both my parents and my aunt and uncle had decided to rent an apartment in Quaker City, Ohio. They found a divide, a house divided into two apartments. All seemed to be great because both apartments were up for rent. The thing that freaked me out was the old graveyard behind our home and the eerie feeling I got from the house. So, on one side, my aunt, uncle, and cousin lived, and the other side, we lived. I had told my mom my own opinion, which was I didn't want to live there. But I had no say, considering I was just a little girl. I'm not great at describing places, but I'll do my best. The house, like I mentioned, was separated into two separate apartments. There was a basement, a main floor, a second floor, and an attic. When entering through the front door, you would walk directly into the living room of the house. The dining room was past that, and the kitchen was at the end, which had one heck of a view of the graveyard. In the dining room was the stairs to the second floor and door to the basement. I hated the basement, and at every hour throughout the day, you always felt eyes on you. I would always have nightmares of the dead rising from their graves and stalking up to the house as if I was wanting to take, wanting them to take me down there with them. In our house, me and my brother had chose the top because I always felt safe if I was up high, as if I could hide and keep safe. I knew something was in the house. My family knew too, but my dad denied it, and my mom tried to debunk it. For my mom, the stove would turn on and off. She said there was even one thing that uh, started to levitate and crash across the room. She ended up yelling at the thing, and she wasn't afraid and opened a Bible. It stopped after. For my brother, he stopped sleeping in the same room with me just because he woke up one night so frightened of the room. Before moving in, we were told by the landlord that his mom did die in the attic while cleaning, which my mom swears she saw one day. The old lady was rocking in the old rocking chair by the fireplace in the living room. I did hear things, see things, and feel things in that house for the entire year we lived there. There was one time when I was seven that my mom asked me to go downstairs in the basement. I hated the basement, so I complained about it and hoped to get out of it. Well, I still ended up going downstairs and regretted it. This was after my aunt moved out, so the other side of the house was empty. My aunt used to have a boxer when living there, but took him with her after leaving. I swear when I went downstairs, I saw a black dog that resembled her boxer in the basement on her side with red glowing eyes. This dog just sat there staring at me, but still I was scared to death and ended up rushing back upstairs. I don't remember names and faces of the spirits I saw, but I do remember one lady I would see. Her name was either Mary or Sarah, and she would dress in old-fashioned dresses with large, wide-rimmed hats that matched her dress. Old-fashioned dresses like those in the 1700s. She was like a protector and never frightened me, but the others did. There was a man, too, but like I said, I really don't remember. When we found out we were moving out, I had a dream one night about two girls that were moving in. They walked towards the house with smiles while me and my family left. Not sure. Guess I was just glad to get out there. Another creepy story about the place. My cousin and I used to play hide-and-seek in the graveyard. One day, while in the graveyard, I witnessed a man who wore old military clothing. You can ask my mom or aunt since they're the ones I told that day. The man told me his name and how he died. I was only six at the time, so I couldn't read. I rushed to my aunt and mom and told them about this wanting to see if this was true. 
They went to the graveyard and were shocked to actually find the guy's grave. There are many more stories about that house, and I do have other stories. Even until now. So, like, spirits from the graveyard were hanging out in the basement? Is that... It sounds like spirits from the graveyard were hanging out of the house. Oh, the wow. The whole area. Can you imagine being able to look at your backyard and there's a graveyard? I can't imagine that being a good selling point. I mean, how do you put that on the MLS? It depends on how close it is. If it's just right there, yeah, that would be a problem. If it's like a quarter mile away and you can just kind of see it off in the distance, I don't think it'd bother me as much. (sighs) Yeah, I could see off in the distance. It'd be kind of neat. I would like that if it was kind of off in the distance. But if it's like right there, that could be a little bit unsettling. Yeah. Although as a kid, I, I mean, as a kid, I'd love it. As an adult, I don't think I'd want it right Right there. <laughs> Although I don't know, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on graveyards. I think it depends on what graveyard it is. There's some that you feel weird walking around, and then there's some that you just kind of feel at peace walking yeah. around in. Yeah. And the thing, or you have a mixture of both. And yeah. Like Ryanzi mm-hmm. in in my hometown, I get creeped out, and there's places where I kind of feel at peace, but I love it because it's like everything right there. It's an all-in-one graveyard. It does everything for me. That's strange. Do you get creeped out walking around right? No, no, not at all. You feel very peaceful? That's the only time that I feel peaceful in a graveyard. Like, I don't feel like... I, I should I should clarify. I don't feel like ominously creeped out like there's a negative entity. I get creeped out just by the imagery. and But it's like... I like that. It's a good creeped out. Because I think my definition of creeped out is different than other people's creeped out. My creeped out is almost like macaroni and cheese. It's like a comfort food for me because okay. I, it's like one of those childhood, I like getting creeped out and having fun getting creeped out. It's not like, oh my God, there's a ghost or there's a, a zombie clown down the hall that's going to attack me. See, I don't get creeped out at all. And, and it's strange because when I'm walking around there, I almost forget that it's a, a graveyard, even though it's so obvious the whole time you're there, it's yeah. a graveyard. But it, I don't have that, ew. There's dead people on the ground around me. I don't have that feeling at all, you know? It's just, it's a neat place. It how many, really is. How many of you guys enjoy just wandering around graveyards? I bet a lot of people do. If you if you love wandering around graveyards, please stand up. Please stand. Uh, let us know. <laughs> uh, just, you know, just just share. Just just make a little comment on the Facebook page or the YouTube or something and, and let us know that you too, we're not alone here. I, I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners have this morbid hobby of wandering around graveyards, including graveyards in different cities. You know what? This The story about the Boy Scouts that stayed in, in the asylum made me think of this. When I was little and I was a Girl Scout, mm-hmm. one of our things that we were going to do was go to our grave, our cemetery in our town and find the oldest grave. We're going to try and find the oldest one there. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, we didn't do it because one of the Girl Scouts had recently lost her mom and was buried there. So it was just going to be upsetting sure. her, so we didn't do it. But that was going to be one of those interesting field trips, you know, yeah. that you get to do. And I just now thought of that. That's a shame. I mean, I totally get why they wouldn't do that. Right. We didn't yeah. do that. But, but yeah, that's interesting. I can't... I'm trying to think if we ever went to a graveyard as a class. I, I, I think we might have gone to Ryanzi once like when I was a kid. I don't know what the purpose was um, other than... I don't know, history or something? I don't know. It was, it might, I remember, like, elementary. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, when uh, when I go to different cities, I'd like to go in, and check out different graveyards. In fact, a lot of the graphics that we use um, for the ghost stories on YouTube are pictures that I took 
uh, just because I like to walk around graveyards and take pictures. And uh, when I was doing that food show in, in, in D.C., uh, I would walk around to the graveyards there and take pictures. There's some creepy stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go to another ghost story. Phone number to call in if you have one, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. Christine writes in, I have had many experiences that can be classified as supernatural. Most of them have been frightening, with the exception of a few. The following experience is one of these exceptions. I often hung out at a particular best friend's house in high school. One night, I decided to sleep on her comfortable family room sofa, situated in the home's finished basement family room. I had a restful night's sleep since I was the only one in the room with the door closed, so it was dark and quiet as I liked it. But I was awoken around 7 a.m. when her mother made some noises upstairs before leaving work. After her mom had gone, I turned over to face the inside of the sofa to prepare for a few more hours of sleep. It was now extremely quiet in the home since it was just my friend and I. She was in her bedroom with her door closed in another part of the house. I had my eyes shut but was just thinking about things and not really quite sleepy enough yet. Then I heard a faint sound. The noise started to get progressively louder and closer to me. Perhaps a foot or two from me now, the sound loomed over my head. I soon realized it was the sound of heavy, labored breathing. I knew there wasn't an actual living person in the room since this was impossible. I could, however, strongly sense that this breather was an elderly male presence that was extremely angry with me, and I had no idea as to why. As his breathing intensified, I practically stopped my own breathing at this point out of fear. I slowly slid the blanket over my head in hopes that he'd go away. Nonetheless, I continued to endure minutes more of this presence, which seemed to be struggling for breath, while a continued uh, piercing glaze down on me. In my mind, I began to pray for it to leave. The breathing did not stop all of a sudden, but rather it faded until it was finally gone. I stayed frozen in my position on the sofa, and for some time until I felt it was safe to come out from under the blankets. I then quickly turned on all the lights and the television to make myself feel better. My friend woke up and joined me, but an hour or so later, I told her what had happened. She nonchalantly said, oh yeah, it might have been my dead grandfather. He had breathing problems before he died. Apparently her grandfather had problems with uh, being senile as well. He died when he fell out of his bed and hit his head on the bedside table before falling on the floor. My friend owned that very same bed, bedside table, and much of his living room furniture, including the, including the sofa I was sleeping on. Thanks for sharing my experience. So he was staying with his stuff. Sounds like it. Wow. At least, to me, I don't know if it's a comfort, but to know who it is, I think, makes all the difference. Even if they are cantankerous. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's just, it's kind of sad that you're still kind of cantankerous at an old age. And if you're, what's scary is the thought that if you had breathing problems in real life, that that doesn't go away when you're dead. That you're still sitting there. Right. Trying to huff and breathe. But then that kind of goes into all other question, because this is something we talked about too, where people say, well, maybe that's really not the person. Maybe it's just some sort of energy that's repeating itself. And it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know either. I, know. I I would hope that when you become a ghost, you are at your, your best self. But it sounds like from some of the stories we've had that that's not always the case. Yeah. In some cases, it is, though. 
that's the interesting part. It's it's like how do you pick and choose, and how do you get to to be a, in a good state? So I, I have no idea. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in. 855-853-4802 if you have a real ghost story. Press pause right now. Give us a call. Share your real ghost story with us. So the other uh, horror movie that's uh, coming out that looks really good, it's uh, from the creators of The Conjuring, and uh, this is called Annabelle. And Annabelle is a real story, actually. Annabelle um, uh, is another case that the Warrens investigated. But this movie doesn't look to be too much based on the Warren investigation. The Conjuring was a story about the Warrens. This one doesn't even have the Warrens in it. Um, so this one makes uh, looks like it would be a little more Hollywood-esque. But I think still looks like it could be a good creepy movie. Okay. Um, We'll play the trailer here, but I may have to kind of turn it down a little bit because it's going to... I know the beginning of the trailer plays some fairly copywritten music in it. <laughs> I'd rather not have the video be flagged for playing copywritten music. So we'll just kind of talk over the intro. Uh, stand by. So what we have here is a mom's kind of playing with the... Uh, I was waiting on this until the baby, but... Open your eyes. Crib toys. That's the one, right? You know how long I've been looking? Picks up the doll. It's the Annabelle doll. Same doll from The Conjuring that was in there. From producer James Wan. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm just reading what's on screen. So it's nighttime. They're sleeping. Light goes on across the, uh, the way. Blood splatters on the window. And it looks like there's a knife-wielding man John, at the neighbor's house. No, next door, I heard a scream. I think something's wrong. Stay here. Go check it out. Now, I don't believe this really is in any line with the uh, canon of the uh, Annabelle story. So John's out there looking for the killer, or whatever that is out there. I like your dolls. And there's a creepy woman holding the doll, and other dolls are floating around the room. My husband's coming back. And now the killer is right behind this lady. Before the conjuring, there was Annabelle. There you go. And then it's the doll. And here's the creepy Annabelle music. It's nothing creepier than a doll. Really? <laughs> it's nothing creepier than a doll. The, the funny thing is, the, the real Annabelle doll looks not... The real Annabelle doll is a Raggedy Ann. Oh, really? Um, and this is, you know, a Hollywood-fied version of the Annabelle doll, and it's made to look super creepy, but... Yeah, um, I think it looks good, but the real Annabelle story is something that we should talk about someday on this show. We should do some more research on that one and uh, have a little chat about that story, because that one looks... That, I mean, that story itself is pretty dark. I don't have all of the details in front of me, otherwise I could talk more about it, but that doll does exist. It is uh, in uh, Lorraine Warren's house in their little, uh, I guess, relic room, and... Uh, there's been tons of stories of people who've tried to touch it or done things with it, and then shortly thereafter, pretty much had shit hit the fan. 
Really? Yeah, in in real life. So in kind of a cursed doll. In the Warren's relic room. Yeah. How how are things contained to where they aren't just all wreaking havoc all at the same time? Uh, I have no idea. I didn't know if it was blessed a certain way or I think or the, what? I believe I think they try to get them blessed and then they just leave them alone and no one's interacting with them. I think I think part of the the issues that the the objects uh, you know or what's in the objects uh, were brought out by was the fact that these objects were being used by people. And when they're just sitting in a room that nobody's getting to, and they're they're not being used by people, there's nothing to take the energy out of the objects. And they say they say you know it's not the object that's haunted; it's what is the what's in there that's causing the problem. I mean, the object itself is not; it's just a, a vessel for whatever it is. Okay. Um, so if there's no one using it, and it's not just out there in circulation at an antique store or you know being picked up at a garage sale somewhere. It can't harm anyone because it's stuck in their room. But I believe they do have issues in that house. But he's gone. And he died, she's yeah. really up there. Yeah. So what's going to happen to all that crap? I don't know. That's what scares me. Yeah. that's That could be interesting. That would be one hell of an estate sale. That's awful. <laughs> that is just awful. Come to the Warrens estate sale. I wonder if they could just burn it all. If that would get rid of it. Uh, or we just release it all out there and energy would flow everywhere and whatever else is nearby is it'll just kind of infest. I don't think you can get I think I think you'd be just getting rid of the vessels and I think whatever's in there would find something else to infest. So okay. whatever's nearby, it's gonna go into that. Okay, that was a bad idea. So Yeah, I don't know. What I'm uh speaking of just uh you know, things that uh can bring out very dark things and talking about that movie that earlier, that Ouija movie. I'm kind of uh I'll predict this right now. If this is a hit movie, there's going to be a big uh, climb in sales of Ouija boards, and there's going to be a big climb in dark paranormal hauntings going on, brought on by idiot 15-year-olds that watched the movie. I could see that, but I could also see it deterring a lot of skittish kids. Like, I was a skittish kid. I could see it totally being like, I'm not touching that thing. I'm not going near that thing because I saw the movie. I think it's going to attract more than it's going to deter, honestly. I think it's going to make more aware that these things even exist. Because, I mean, it's funny. You talk to a 15-year-old now about things that you commonly knew that existed when you were 15... They don't have a freaking clue half the time. I mean, it was something as 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 common as a Ouija board. I bet you go and ask a fifty what a Ouija board is. They have no idea until the movie comes out. You know, it's gonna be one of those things where oh, this exists. Oh, we shouldn't do that, should we? Oh, let's go play. Right. I I could see there being an influx of that. Yeah, you're right. Milton Bradley's gonna make out like a demon, literally. <laughs> I thought it was a different company. I thought it was Milton Bradley. Well, I think before when we talked about it, it was Milton Bradley. I wonder if they have a, a patent on the Ouija board. Do you I think? I wonder if, or, or, or can anybody just make one? I suppose you could like have, I don't know. Well, yeah. Remember we had, who was it? Cisco that called in and yeah. said that anything that you use to be a vehicle to sure. talk to the other side will work. Yeah. I mean, you could it's easily the make intent. It. Yeah, but I'm just wondering if you could commercially sell another and call it Ouija or if they own the the, the trademark on that. 
term. I could see, I don't know, because you don't really see other brands of, of commercial Ouija boards out there. I've seen plenty of, you know, creepy other ones at antique stores, but they're more like kind of homemade. Yeah. You know, or carved out of wood or something. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I predict an infestation of dark crap because of that movie. Anyhow, continuing on this sunny day, 855-853-4802 is her phone number, 855-853-4802. Uh, I don't know how to say your name, and I apologize. I believe this is a Vietnamese name, X-A-Y. Would that be Say? I think that's Say. I could be wrong. Zay? Zay? Zay or Say? I don't know, but thank you for writing in. Uh, Say, or Zay writes in, when I was in high school, we moved into a house that my dad bought for us. It was one of those houses that was bought under value and we ended up flipping it uh, so we'd be able to live in it. After we uh, cleaned the house up and fixed it up, it was uh, very hospitable. My family moved into the house. I remember staying up lots of nights talking to my then boyfriend on the phone, my husband now. Well, late in the night when I stayed up talking on the phone, I'd always hear every night my door handle move as if the doorknob was locked and someone was trying to get in the room. First, I was really terrified, and then I would tell my boyfriend about it, but after a while, I got used to the sound of it. It would be the middle of summer, the AC is on, no windows are open. One time, our family dog was terribly sick. No one, no one knew what was wrong with him. Vet didn't know what was wrong with him. He eventually got better. We brought him inside to stay with us for a while. One time, it was just me and my brother home, and then my boyfriend came to visit me for Christmas. We were in the living room watching television when my boyfriend and I heard a loud noise in the kitchen. No one was in the kitchen. My brother was in his room in the basement sleeping, and I was uh, clearing and, and heard a noise in the kitchen as if someone had banged something in there. Quickly got up to search the kitchen and dining room as well in my room in all the rooms on the main floor nothing was there to have made that noise it was eerie and to this day 14 years later we still remember these events like it was yesterday there's nothing about the home that was really creepy except for my brother's room in the basement it felt like there was always someone there in that room looking at you you could never see anything there but it was a strong feeling my brother would always sleep in his room rolled in his blanket because he felt safer sleeping like that. I have other stories that I'd love to share. Maybe in the future I'll write in. We'd love you to, to, to write in and share more stories. I have a question. Yeah. In so many of our stories, people pull the blankets tight or go under mm-hmm. the blankets or roll themselves. Why is that? I, I fear? Don't, I, well, I know it's fear, but I'm like... The blanket's not going to protect you from anything. No, but what's the alternative? Running through it? I don't know. What would you do? I don't know. I would probably be grabbing onto you. I uh, When I had that experience where I couldn't move, um, where was it sleep paralysis thing, and it freaked the hell out of me, feeling like there was something floating through me, the second I felt like I was released from that, uh, I wasn't. A, I did not jump up and explore the apartment. I uh, I knew it wasn't a human or whatever the hell was going on, and I didn't want to see what was going on either. I kept my eyes shut, and I literally grabbed those blankets, put them over my head, and I fell asleep eventually. But that scared the hell out of me, and uh, I don't know. I, it's it's kind of all you can do yeah. at that moment in time, unless you're really crazy brave and want to get out there and, you know, I think that's the difference. I think when you know 
that it's not a human thing that's going on. Your recourse is, I'm just going to hide from this thing. If I can't see it, maybe it won't exist, or maybe it won't be there. If, if you felt in danger as if something human was out there, I think your natural reaction is to immediately jump out of bed and either run or, you know, fight or flight. I think when we instinctually have the feeling of this is not something human, we don't know what it is. It's hide. And I know I'm being in the armchair quarterback here just because sure. thankfully I have, knock on wood, not had an experience like that. Here, knock on this Ouija board. Here. No. <laughs> and so I was just curious because I, to me, that's like, that's not going to help me. That's just all I was all I would probably be thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to help you, but it may be less scarring not seeing any more of it. That's true. You know? That's true. I think that's kind of that's where you go. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. We just put a tweet out about this the other day. It was a news story of a woman who captured a ghostly figure on camera while on a Skype date with her boyfriend. Really? Yeah, and they're, it's an older couple. It's not like two teenagers. You want to see the picture? Nope. <laughs> Come on. I don't. It really does look fairly foggy. It's hard to really tell what this is. Um, but uh, the uh, the story goes, and uh, this is from the examiner.com. Uh, woman got quite a scare during a Skype date with her boyfriend after she noticed an eerie angelic figure appear behind him while chatting. She sent the photo to a paranormal website to be analyzed. Carolyn Day recently submitted a photo of what she believes to be evidence of the supernatural in the photo of the eerie figure is seen lurking in the background of her boyfriend's living room. Uh, it was in May of 2012. She was Skyping with her boyfriend and saw something move in the background. She told him not to turn around and look at it. Took two screenshots so that when sec- within seconds, uh, the, uh, the entity essentially just kind of went away. Uh, very interesting that... Uh, Live Skyping, picking up these sort of things. With all the the things that we use now to record and to communicate via electronic devices that we weren't doing five years ago, I bet we see a lot more of this stuff. And I bet a lot more of it just goes on completely undetected, too, without people really realizing what they're seeing. Well, that and, you know, everybody has some kind of recording capability on their phone. Yeah. You know, or I say everybody, because I don't, sure. don't, most other smartphones have yes. a camera and everything. So yeah. it's just unbelievable the abilities that we have now that, like you yeah. said, we didn't have five years ago. So I think you're right. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, this sort of thing pop up. I mean, it was interesting. I mean, even as doing this show, uh, we were talking the other day, and, and we've had a lot of people point this out, and we talked about this in the last episode of uh, the the thought of the EVP. Yeah. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we did get an EVP on this show at some time. But unfortunately, what we heard the other day was not an EVP. That was me trying to get a thought out of my mouth and not speaking very close to the camera. But it did sound pretty creepy. Yeah, it was very creepy. Do you believe it was not an EVP or are you still thinking it's an EVP? I think you're still telling me what I hope <laughs> that it is. I really do, because it sounded nothing like you. It never sounded like any sound I've ever heard you make. <laughs> well, I did jack the volume up pretty loud so you could hear it. If you jack the volume up on anything really loud, it's not going to sound like any sound anyone ever makes. I know. I know. 
I don't know. I just the content and everything of the show, it just makes me wonder. I'm standing by I don't believe it was an EVP. And I'm I, someone who really wishes it was an EVP. I know, I know. And I don't I don't know that I don't believe it was an EVP or that I do believe it was an EP, EVP. I don't know. It just is really creepy and I don't really want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yes. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 to tell us your real ghost story. Or just go to our website, Real Ghost Stories Online. Click on the Tell Us your, uh, your Ghost Story button. Christine writes in, following are two of my sister's experiences which occurred in our haunted childhood home. She would have been between the ages of 5 and 12. The bedrooms, which were located on the lower floor of the home, were the most active areas in regards to the supernatural, and my sister's room was definitely no exception. On many nights, she would hear the sound of invisible heavy footfalls, which paced back and forth along the sides of her bed. She could sense that this was the presence of a man that meant her harm, and she would feel him intensely staring at her as he paced. All she could do was stay hidden in fear under her blankets, until one night she became so tired and frustrated she told it out loud to go away. Only moments after she said this, she felt this thing leap under her body. She struggled with the heavy, evil energy, which began to squeeze the air out of her lungs. After some time, she managed to squeal out a noise and call out for help. My parents' room was not far, and often my mother left her bedroom door open in case we needed something during the night. This proved unuseful because my mother heard my sister and got up to see what was the matter. When my mother entered the room, my sister recalls that this energy swiftly jumped off of her. However, she still had to catch her breath. Before explaining what had happened to my mother, luckily, she never had this specific thing happen to her again, although the pacing around the bed occasionally happened afterward. Another time, my sister was sitting on the side of her bed, and she was trying, uh, trying to tie the laces of her running shoes. She suddenly felt drawn to the dresser mirror over her left. When she turned her head, she saw a disembodied face of our deceased grandmother, who my sister had been very fond of. Initially, the expression on the face was gentle and kind, as if she remembered. But in a matter of seconds, the face began to twist, turn, and transform into something else, something that she knew was not our grandmother. She quickly ran out of our room without looking back. I think there was a demonic spirit going on there. Well, yeah, that's where you get the... And that's where it's kind of, well, it is very scary. It's not kind of scary. It's very scary. When you're kind of confused and you think, oh, Grandma's back. This is great. Hi, Grandma. And then suddenly, you know, you got Lucifer hanging out there and, right. you know, Beelzebub, you know, going after you in your room. So, yeah, kind of dark. It's interesting. I wonder if, um, like, a piece of the furniture or something would, it was, I wonder what brought Grandma back. Or not, not grandma, but the, the dark entities into the house. Well, it doesn't sound like, I mean, from just a little bit we got, it doesn't sound like anything continued once they mm-hmm. grew up. So I would say it's something with the house. Yeah, no, it could very well be. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Next one, during the late 1960s and early to mid-70s, my grandmother on my mother's side owned a summer cottage that turned out to be very haunted. Not very surprising, I suppose, since they heard that one of the prior owners had committed suicide on the property. 
It was a very simple type of cottage for my working-class family, but it proved a nice getaway mostly for my mother and her siblings, along with her respective spouses or partners. My mother recalls that this cottage reminded her of a little, a little of the Amityville house, since the windows on the outside were positioned in such a way that it looked like a face. From her first time visiting, my mother's assessment of the property was that it was downright creepy. This feeling would begin as they drove up to the place and continued through their stay. Many times she recalls changing clothing and feeling an invisible, strong male presence in the room, which prompted her to dress and rejoin the group quicker. Indeed, she stayed with the others whenever possible due to this intense feeling of observation. Many others in the family were not ignorant to this feeling either, and many of them also expressed that they sensed something odd, while others were skeptical types that were more able to ignore it. Although sometimes it was difficult to shrug off. Sometimes they would go outside and come back to see all the kitchen cabinet doors and drawers wide open with no one or nothing possible to explain it. One night my parents were trying to sleep alongside each other in the large living room with about half a dozen of our other family members uh, there due to lack of enough bedrooms. There were either cots or on cots and there were sleeping bags on the floor and at some point everyone was asleep. However, the rest of them, including my parents, were fixated and listening to the sound of a low moaning, heavy footfalls and dragging sounds coming from above their heads in the attic. It continued for a time and then promptly stopped. The ones who were listening took note that everyone who was visiting the cottage was in the living room at the time, with the exception of my grandmother. After checking the main floor and attic, there was nothing practical to explain the noises. These types of noises apparently were common and were reported by many members of their family who had experienced it during their particular visits to the cottage. You see, sometimes only one couple would make use of the family cottage for a weekend. Many times, these couples would leave earlier than planned due to the noises and strange happenings. On one occasion, just my parents went down for a weekend stay. They had an uneventful first day, mostly spent outside. That night, they set up their place to sleep in the downstairs, and this included plugging in and turning on a space heater. As they were trying to sleep, the heater kept clicking itself off. This was an old-school type of machine where the switch had to be manually flipped on and off, so my parents would turn the heater on and they'd flip it, and it would flip itself off again. They'd flip it back on again and it would go back off by itself. My parents actually witnessed the button click downwards all by itself. And so, after this happened a few more times, they gave up on having the heater on altogether. Along with a very spooky feeling in the room and the sound of footsteps in the attic again at night, my parents decided to leave much earlier than planned. Years later, after this family's summer cottage had been sold, my aunt happened to be nearby and stopped to see the old place. A friendly man in his 30s was working outside chopping firewood. He soon explained to my aunt that they were rebuilding a new cottage on the land. My aunt asked if they had demolished the old cottage and not built the new cottage atop of the original location, which was ideal based on the lovely views. She noted that the man did not answer her question and promptly changed the subject. Okay, I have a chicken or the egg, or, you know, chicken or the yeah. egg question. A lot of times about hauntings, uh, places being haunted because of suicide. Yeah. Is it haunted because of the suicide there, or is it the demonic spirit causing the person to commit suicide? Well, I think it depends if the demonic spirit had anything to do with the suicide. You never know, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's plenty of suicides that really have nothing, to, obviously, to do with demonic spirits. But 
Um, right, but in the cases where there's hauntings sure. afterwards. I yeah. don't know. I was just curious. Yeah, I guess in that sort of a case, I mean, you got a good point there. If if there's a haunting there, you have to look back at the suicide case and was the haunting going on when that person was being moved to that point? And if so, did it play a part? And that's an interesting observation. I, I don't know. I just was thinking about that because I can't help but feel like that house next to your parents, there's something yeah. going on with that house. I don't know. I mean, that you honestly were the first person to ever bring up that sort of a thought on it. I, I never looked at that house as being demonic or haunted. I always looked at it as being really crappily taken care of and being lived in by idiots, you know, for sure. m- most of my life. I But, you know, they were very unhappy, you know, I don't know. I don't know if maybe they were plagued by some sort of negativity. I mean, they were perpetually negative people uh, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know much about their background or anything, but they were just always very negative, you know, out to essentially get other people type people, which, you know, is not, I think, the it's not really human nature, you know, to be always trying to to get someone else but that's what they were always trying to do with their neighbors there was never like friendly neighbors it was what are you doing on your own property you know you're moving rocks in your yard and they're calling the police they were insane let me ask you this have haven't there been relics found around that area yeah yeah well like like native american type relics yeah right yeah not like I don't. I don't know. I don't believe there's been like satanic relics or no. Anything. I'm not talking about sure. satanic relics, but I'm. I'm wondering if there's not a connection there with the, where the house is and it being a very old house. It's being in a very old house. It is on uh, a a creek bank, um, and so if you're, you're you're looking back at the time period of where Native Americans, it would have been an area for trading. It would have been an area uh, for. You know, gathering water it was a travel path essentially right. um so yeah i get I, I could see that i could see there being some sort of issue with the land or something like that on it i don't know i there I, i've not been in that house i've not yeah. been close to that house i've seen it but yeah. well on the on the other side of the creek there's a giant you've seen the giant rock haven't you that's it's as you're walking back up into the woods there is a huge boulder and it was, I mean, this is like a documented thing uh, of Native American history. Uh, this boulder was actually, was kind of a trading point. Um, and they could lay out pelts and such on this thing. And it was an area where people would come and trade. And it's on their side of the creek? You no, know, it's on our side, the, my parents' side of the creek. Um, as you go up to my old sledding hill, where there's a house now. But the, uh, the rock is there. And it's a giant rock. I mean, it's, it's unbelievably large. I don't know that I've ever seen it. No, I'll show it to you sometime. But that does answer your question about it being an active area for Native Americans. I mean, we're talking literally the space of about... And that, and where that rock lies on the other side of the creek actually would wind back over to their property. Okay. So, technically, it would be their side of the creek. Okay. So, yeah, know. it was an active area. Okay. 
There's something going on with that house. And when you go back into the woods, there are plenty of mounds, which are very likely burial mounds. I'm telling you, there's something going on with that house. <laughs> I, I can't explain it, but I know this. Did you Do you get a weird feeling? I mean, before the story of the suicide, the double suicide now at that house, did you have any weird feelings about that house just when we went up and visited I looking it, at the house, I getting weird vibes. I thought it was vibes. a creepy old out-of-place house for the for the area. Sure, it's always been out of place. Yeah. yeah, and so I really, you know, I didn't think it was as creepy as that one on on the other road. The yeah. other road, but I I just thought it was really out of place, and I didn't want to think too much of it because your parents live next door. Sure. Yeah, we just kind of wait for the house to burn down, actually. <laughs> but oh, no such luck. It still stands. But maybe, you know, I don't know. When you got something really dark going on there, maybe it, maybe it prevents it from being torn down or burning down or something, you know? Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Can dark entities prevent their own habitat from being destroyed? Didn't you say there was something like that? There was a, a case or something where they had... What was it? You, you... Well, we've talked about... Um, Entities and dark entities using the imagery of fire. Okay, we've talked about that, but wasn't there one where they physically had a hard time destroying? Oh, there was a case of a school that was trying to be torn that's, down. Yeah, this that's is an, it. an old Unsolved Mysteries episode. Yeah. Um, it was one of the Halloween ones where they're trying to tear down a school and like walls would blow up on the construction workers and that's it was right. just that's a what you're talking mess. About. Yeah. I think so. I, I could see it if being... If it's powerful enough, if it's strong enough and big enough, I guess. And it's almost kind of what we were talking about the other night, too, where, where these old abandoned houses... I almost wonder sometimes if sometimes these old houses that we see still standing and no one's living in them, if maybe they did try to start to destruct these things and it just became way too much of a headache and too many issues came involved and they couldn't explain. They just said, screw it, we're just going to leave the house. Maybe. You know? I'm sure it's not the case every time, but I'm wondering if some of these really old homes that sit on properties that no one lives in, uh, there's something else going on there. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. 855-853-4802. Let's do another story before we wrap up the show here. Jim writes in, I'm not sure if you can even call us a ghost story, but shortly after taking pictures in Riverside Cemetery, my cat's toy would make chirping sounds by itself. The first time it happened, I looked, uh, I looked over, I looked it over and expected to see the cat playing with it, but she was asleep in her cat perch. You have to move this toy and jiggle it for it to work. I thought that there might have been a vibration that triggered it, so I put it in different areas and pounded my fist next to it to see if it would go off trying to debunk it, but nothing happened. She's had her toy for over a year, and it never made the sound on its own until I came back from the cemetery. This happened nine times, two months ago, and hasn't happened since. I tend to think that something followed me home from the cemetery, but is no longer here. Unfortunately... I can't see or hear ghosts, so I don't know what's going on. Going back to the cemetery and taking more pictures, maybe something will happen again. I have a friend who is a flight attendant, and he claims to have had at least 20-odd things happen that he couldn't explain. One time while he was alone on the plane after everyone left, he was cleaning up and heard a woman ask for something to drink. He said, sure, what would you like? He turned around, and there was no one there. At another time, he was in the bathroom on the plane and saw a pilot in full uniform standing behind him. When he turned around, there was no one there. He also saw a woman who looked completely solid to him disappear right in front of him. He's seen everything from full-figure apparitions to shadow people and have heard voices of people that weren't there. My friend is always, 
away from home for days at a time, and he goes all over the place, so he stays in a lot of hotels. When I asked him what was the most haunted city he's ever been in, he said, Savannah, Georgia, and New Orleans. I thought he would say New York, since I remember him telling me of being in a hotel room and feeling the presence of an older man in the room who walked through him. He's had a few other weird encounters there, too. Also, he has a female friend who was also a flight attendant, and she told him when she was staying in a hotel in El Paso, Texas, her shoes would come up missing, and she'd later find them in a closet or somewhere else she didn't put them. I have another friend that doesn't believe in ghosts or anything paranormal, but he said one time when he was spending the night in an old hotel on Capitol Hill, he woke up and saw a woman dressed in Victorian clothing, and she was combing through her daughter's hair. He could see right through her, and they just faded away to nothing. There's a waitress I know that heard me talking about ghosts, and she told me she has one in her apartment on Ogden Street. She told me she feels a presence of an older man watching her, especially when she's getting out of the shower. I asked her who she thought it might be, and and at first she said it was the manager of the building that died a while back. She later corrected it to being something or someone that followed her home from Cheeseman Park. She said the park, and she was at the park and noticed the police were there and removing two human femur bones from the area. It seems that when the workers were digging to put in a sprinkler system, they found old human remains. If you know anything about this park's history, You know, it used to be a city cemetery, and they didn't move all the bodies before they turned it into a park. The man that ran it was charging very low fees for burials, and it turns out he was only burying body parts and not the whole body. That money. There are several cold spots in that park, and I can vouch for this. I used to ride my bike through there and could feel a cold spot in certain areas and always seemed to be there, no matter how warm the weather gets. There's a woman who lives on Franklin Street that claims to see people walking around in the park when she's looking at it in the mirror, but when she turns around, there's no one there. How do you feel in airports? Do you ever get creeped out? Uh, I always feel fairly uneasy in airports because I just... I don't think it's anything to do with ghosts. It's just I'm very much afraid of missing a flight. Okay. Um, so I'm always kind of on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I don't really feel too creeped out. You? Yeah, I do really? sometimes. I really do, and not just like the old, um, the one here in town that's a museum. I'm talking yeah. about regular airports. I I get sometimes I get the willies there. Really? Why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's all the energy of the people coming and going. There's a lot of nervous energy in airports. Yeah, and maybe that's what I'm picking up on. I don't know, but I I sometimes just really get the willies or I think about planes that never made it, you know? Sure. I mean, I mean, I always, I wonder that, you know, because you hear of, even just like when you see, you know, the story of a plane crash, like we just did this this last week, um, you know, it makes me wonder because the planes go from so many places. It's amazing if you ever look at, try and track a flight mm-hmm. and where that plane has been in the last 48 hours. I mean, some of these, you know, have been all over the world in some, you know, completely different places that you, you know, you don't think about. And, you know, when you hear about a flight like that that crashes, you know, it was very likely at the same airports we've been to. You know, parking at some of the same gates we've walked through, and those same people have walked down the same paths and eaten at the same places 
you know, if, if you were to really trace everything back. And, you know, for some folks where the tragedy strikes, you know, that last meal at TGI McFunsters was their last meal, and there you are eating your chicken wings and having a beer. You know, right. it's, you know, it, it's, it's weird. It is weird. Because, you know, when you eat at the TGI McFunsters outside of the airport, it's not necessarily, you're thinking, oh, there might have been people here, you know, this was their last, you know, think about people having their last meal right. there, you know, and or at least an unexpected. I'm sure it happens, but it's, you know, they didn't all perish in a, you know, flying vessel, you know, mm-hmm. right after eating those. I don't know. I don't know what, what it is about it, but yeah, they give me the willies. It is interesting that where he mentioned that story of the uh, the funeral home guy who uh, wasn't burying the bodies uh, in full. Wasn't there a story of that like around Wichita not that long ago? I could have sworn there was where it was some funeral home was indicted where he was, they found like a mass grave or something. I, I believe it was a cremation issue. It wasn't uh, an issue of the property or the graveyard. It was something where he was just giving people jars of ashes like from birch trees and he was burying the bodies in like a giant grave in his backyard or something I don't remember that but that sounds completely like something that would happen here yeah I mean I, I don't know if it was exactly in Wichita but I know it was like somewhere in the area and it was very horrific okay and because I guess it's cheaper just you know if you're not you know burning the body. Although, I don't know how much it costs to burn the body. I would think it would just be cheaper the body's there. Wouldn't it be more work to go bury it in your backyard? I would have thought cremation would be the the cheaper route unless he had to replace equipment to make that happen, which would then be very expensive. Yeah, maybe the equipment didn't work and he was just giving him birch trees and... I don't know. My mind immediately goes to the burbs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But that's that's a real story. I mean, and that... The thing is, that's a story that I know is not unique necessarily, I think, to our area. That's a story that's that happens several times all around the country where the some cremation houses are not necessarily giving out the cremation that people are thinking they're getting. And you wonder, I mean, you wonder how common that actually is and how that may lead to hauntings. Oh, yeah. I think if you don't follow through with their wishes... They're going to be haunting something. They're going to be mad. Don't so, you? So how long do you hang around with your body and after you die before you go to your, your destination? Do you have to sit there and make sure that your your wishes were granted before you go away? And if somebody screws with that, like burying your body behind their pool and giving your family balsa wood, is that... Where you go, okay, I'm, I've got unfinished business now. I think they'd be very upsetting. You're like, all right, I'm all ready to go to heaven or whatever. And, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> Please, are you really doing this to my body? Now I have to haunt you. Well, that, and then I think for some people, there's religious issues involved there. You know, maybe that, oh, sure. they can't finish their life completely. Until... If there's not the blessing or something. Then, right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It's, it's just the ultimate disrespect. I oh, mean, completely. Yeah. Huh. 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 with your Real Ghost Story. We thank you in advance for calling in and sharing it, or just share it through our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, please share the show. Thank you in advance for that as well. Let your friends know about us. Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, 
wherever you may be. Let your friends know about the show. And please give us some love there on uh, iTunes. Stars, ratings, if that's where you're listening to us, that helps us tremendously climb those charts. So until next time, for Jenny Bruschi, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.